Welcome to Therapy is Dope with Alicia and Julie. Let's make self-help fun again. But no, seriously, laughter is the best medicine. Come and join us as we introduce new ways of thinking and being. And hopefully get you laughing along the way. Guys, Julie and I are coming in hot today. We just started a conversation and we were like, you know what? This is good material. Then we better start that. We're going to press the record button right now. And I guess you could say the topic is family. And Julie, actually, I don't know if you even remember this, but you brought up last week about um, trying to be friends with your sister. So you did broach that subject with our listeners already. Um, oh, okay. Do you want to tell a little bit of the story or how do you want to? Sure. Let me give you the background. So I have three sisters, one older, two younger. And my older sister and I uh, have not gotten along. Um, But we used to be super close. But I don't know if I was, I mean, we used to be super close, but it was always toxic. Um, Whether I was a narcissist or she was a narcissist, God knows. But, uh. There was a lot of victim playing on both our parts. There was a lot of jealousy on both our parts. There was a lot of, um, you know, trying to make each other look bad. There was a, there was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of uh, um, really competition. The, competition, yeah, lots of competition. And the world revolved around us. So my parents didn't grow up um, giving us the love language that we that rings true to us. Hers is words of affirmation um, and mine's is physical touch and words of affirmation. And we come from a very traditional Chinese background. So there was not a lot of that at all. It was more acts of service. Like we feed you, we love you by showing you that we will give you a, a, a you know, shelter. We'll give you food. We'll make sure, you know, there's always food on the table. We'll make sure no one ever gets hungry. That's really their main priority to keep us alive. And the other stuff was, if we're lucky, we'll deal with it, you know, because they're refugees from the Vietnam War. So they didn't have anything. They came here penniless, you know, really, really had them live the American dream. So it's like, why? Uh, and then we have the guilt of going, how are we even complaining about anything? They they were on a boat for 14 days with no water, no food, came back. Like they said, they were holding their pants up because they lost so much weight wow. and, and literally had no idea. Am I going to live? And my mom had, you know, nights on end where she couldn't stop crying. Cause she was like, I think we're going to die. Wow. And, and that was at 21 years old, right? They went through that in 21, 22 years old. So could you imagine? Like, I like, I, you know, the biggest complaint I have is like, traffic you know what I mean like like oh my god my phone's dying oh shit privilege we're we're so yeah so shitty sometimes you know yeah it's like like, oh my god I'm late for a a dinner at the cosmopolitan overlooking the cliffs of you know what I mean of Laguna (laughs) shut up right now Um, Well, I'm yeah, I'm sure that was your parents' perspective to you not having been through all of that. It was meaningful. You know, your struggles are meaningful to you based on what you've been through. But to your parents, I'm sure it was like, are you kidding me? Kidding me? We barely can turn. We barely know how to. We don't know how to speak English in this country that we're in right now. We're trying to make money without completely getting ripped off. Like they were getting paid. Uh, some on a table, some through check or whatever when they were younger. And it was like $4 an hour. And oh. sometimes they never gave them all the full hours. And my parents were just so scared. They never said anything. Wow. You know, like it was a lot, like a lot of stuff like that. Like they got maybe a hundred dollars in like two weeks. Like it was, how did you live? You know? But at that time, I think rent was like, you know, a hundred dollars or something. Uh, so what that helps. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> But so anyways, um, in Nashville. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went to a, a, a bachelorette party for my youngest sister. And so I was talking to, and then I got really drunk. Me and my, my oldest sister got really drunk. And I had, and a week prior to that, 
when I was in Los Angeles, I had a conversation with my partner and a really heated conversation about how he was like, I really feel like you and your older sister could be best friends like you used to be. And I had this eruption of emotion. It was like, oh, no, no, no. You don't cross those boundaries, my friend. <laughs> don't stick your nose in my just, family business. But I know that he was trying to help. But like, it was, I felt like, you know, you're my partner. You're the person that I wake up next to every night, right? And it's like, okay. And he has my back. And it was like, you know, I brought up something and he brought up something that he knows there was so much abuse in the past, um, you know, physical, emotional, um, verbal, all those things, you know, and, and we never quite figured it out. And for him to be like, let's just forget about all the abuse, you know, like all the stuff that she did, see, just forgive her, forget it. It's not a big deal. Family's more important. And these are the like, ideas the that we're fed yeah and it was like what if somebody treated you like shit every single day and that person happened to you be your mom your dad your sister your brother your, your you know somehow blood related does it justify the way that they treat you no i don't think so i don't think blood is thicker than water i don't think so well and you know i i was telling julie i literally had this conversation with a client earlier today about now, I don't really know where our expectations for family come from. I'm not sure if it's like partly biological in us to expect certain things from our parents or, or always look to our parents and hope for the best from them. Or if it's like society giving us these ideas of what family should be and like sisters are best friends, sisters are best friends forever. And I was telling her, I remember as a kid, this is embarrassing, it will age me, but that's okay. Um, watching Full House and thinking like, oh, I love why, why can't my family just handle everything so calmly and maturely? Yeah. <laughs> I want a family like that. Or like, uh, what was the other one with Steve Urkel? Oh God, Family Matters. Family Matters? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Step by step, remember stay yes. by day. Yes. I don't know if those are words. You don't want but, me to sing either. No, I love it. Um, so I don't know if it's and maybe I don't know, maybe we see other people's families and we're also comparing ourselves to like our friends or our neighbors or whatever. But it certainly seems to be kind of across the board that we have these ideas of what a mother and a father and a sibling should be. And uh, one of those expectations is that sisters get along. So I understand. And I I know that your partner is um, also not of American descent, I guess you could say. And so it's even it's even stronger of a family concept in other cultures oh yeah um i am i'm i know in chinese culture you know your expectation is that you take care of your parents in spanish culture that's the expectation as well i think the u.s is the only place where we're like eh fuck you you figure it out <laughs> <laughs> you're going in a home granny uh, anyways, <laughs> um i'm sure that that plays a role too culture yeah I, i'm sure and um you know and, and and basically so so in nashville finish my story in nashville i actually brought up to her and i said it in really tense words like i'm i probably you know we're really drunk so it's not not the best therapy sessions you know what i mean um so I told her that I had a really huge heated conversation with Matt and I felt like he didn't get my back and he felt like he was defending a abuser, you know? And I said, all the things that you did when I was young, I was only six years old, you know? And, um, and all the way until now, you just, I don't think you deserve my forgiveness. And I was crying pretty hardcore and she was crying pretty hardcore. And she was like, I don't think I deserve it either. Um, then it kind of left at that. I think we just, I don't, I don't remember the rest of the conversation. It must, yeah, I think that was the biggest part. That was the, 
climax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else was like, nah. Um, that was a cherry to Sunday. I'm done. Um, and but afterwards, you know, I texted her today and I said, hey, let's go and go to therapy. Let's meet up once a week and and let's try to get through this because we let's try to take our fingers off the trigger and put the gun down. Um, and she hasn't responded, and that was you know, probably like six, six, seven hours ago. Um, we're getting live. Fun, you know? We're getting live updates here, people. We'll I get. Know. We'll keep this saga going to, to find out exactly what yeah. happens. Yeah, play by play. Yeah. And so she hasn't Which, responded, but then I did talk to, you know, my partner and I was like, Hey, you need a, you know, this is how I felt. And he just apologized. And he said, you're right. Uh, let me know if I can help. If I can't, then I will you know, stay in my lane. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, but tell him what I your other like, sister said. Oh, my younger sister did say that. Why do you keep trying? You know, and, and I have a really close relationship with my younger sisters. Like I love them very healthy. Um, and yeah, they're just super supportive. And she was like, why do you keep trying? You're ex trying to expect her to do something that she can't do and she's not capable of doing. She doesn't have the tools in the toolbox. Either she doesn't want to, or she doesn't have to, or she doesn't, she can't. Whatever the reason is, doesn't justify the treatment she's giving, she's treat, she's giving to you. So just stop. And it was like, and I was talking to Alicia, I was like, man, I always do that. I always fall for these glimmer of hope. You know what I mean? Like yeah. glimmers. Like I get like a, a sentence here. Or I get like a moment here and I go, oh my God, it could be like full house. Yes. You a, yeah. You could be, we could be a full house again and have those twin babies. What are they? What were they? Michelle. Mary Kate Michelle. and Ashley. What was it? Was it? Mary Kate and Ashley. That's the actor. Oh, I know. No, but what are their names in full house? It was Michelle. I think Stephanie was the second one. And who was the oldest? DJ. DJ! <laughs> there you go. Oh, shit. And, and it's those moments. Don't you feel like that too, Alicia? I know that, that you, yes. know, you and your older sister as well. So it's like, there's moments it's like, can we still have that? Like, we're close to our 40s, right? And I still hope to have full house in my house. Yeah. yeah, I think, I don't know. Again, I don't know exactly what it is. Um but so many of my clients do it. I do it. You do it. And it's like, we're, I don't know if we're optimists or if we've just, um, if our expectations have been so low for so long that like one slight change and we're like, oh my God, maybe something's changing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, and I have to say like for my sister and I've, I think I've shared on here before that my sister's pretty narcissistic my oldest sister and always has been well according to my mother she wasn't until her preteen years but um I don't quite remember that part of her life so <laughs> as long as I can remember she's been like that and um I have to say she has changed a lot um but has it changed has she changed enough to where I feel safe being in a super close relationship with her no yeah. I can recognize and appreciate her change. And I told, I tell my clients, I love my sister. I still love her very much. Despite all the shit that we've been through, I still love her very much. I appreciate who she is. And I just know that it's not safe for me to be super close to her and to expect her to be a safe person that I can trust in all the time. And so understanding that about our relationship, and I have to say distance really helps, which you don't really have with your sister, but right. my sister's states away. So I only see her a couple of times a year and I only, I do not spend more than three days with her. That's my rule. Like three, four <laughs> days, gotta go, gotta get out of here. How did you find peace with that and understand, okay, maybe it's our chemistry maybe it's her maybe it's me whatever the reason is we don't get along but I love her anyway how do you get to that point because that's that's kind of where I want to be I don't know Julie I I do think the distance helped a lot and I think that there are certain things that we have common ground on I 
don't think I really cared about my relationship with her very much until she pulled through for me in a couple clutch moments. Uh, wow. She was the person who came after both of my children were born and stayed with me and helped me with them in their infancy. And for anybody who has children, those first couple weeks are absolute hell. And um, I was like, with both of my pregnancies, I cried every single day for probably a month afterwards because it's so rough. It's just so rough. And she was my support during all of that. You know, my mom kind of wasn't. she sort of fell short and Sebastian's mom, she tried, but I feel like she forgot what it was like to have kids. So my sister was really the biggest support to me during those difficult times. And that really gave me a deep appreciation for her. And then there's other things that she's done that I know she's trying to have a relationship with me. And I think that helps You know, it's not completely like I've just transcended all of the wrongs that have ever been done in our relationship. Like she's done things to earn my, uh, my love for her, I guess you could say, or my, my ability to forgive maybe, Um, Mm -hmm. but not even forgive, but just like, because I definitely, you can forgive someone and still be mad at them. You can forgive. Can you really? Can you? Isn't that not really forgiving them? No. Um, I the way that I view forgiveness is that it's a whole journey. It's a whole process, and all it takes to forgive somebody is wanting to forgive them. And yeah. if you want to forgive them, you will eventually. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to be angry. It doesn't mean that they're not going to bother you when they do something shitty. It doesn't mean that you'll never be bothered by them that you just like transcend every possible scenario. It just means that you're not going to hold on to it and, and hold a grudge about it forever. You're going to let it go and move on and try again a different day, I guess. Um, But not even try again another day, because I don't believe that forgiveness means you have to allow a person in your life again. And that's a, that's something that I think a lot of people don't understand I don't understand. You don't understand that either? No, I thought forgiveness really releases all the pain and trauma and gets you at a peaceful place so then you can have them in your life. No, because some people are not safe. They're just not safe. So you cannot have them in your life or they're going to hurt you. I asked my client today and I'm not even kidding. This was the conversation I had today. Um, I said, do you adopt a full grown wild alligator and think that you're going (laughs) to tame it? Would you do that? Would you adopt a rattlesnake that still has the poisonous fangs? No, we adopt the shits that they took all the poison out of. (laughs) The ones that can't hurt us anymore. The, the animals with no teeth. And I was telling her, I was like, did you ever watch Tiger King? Because one thing I learned on Tiger King is that once a tiger gets to a certain age, you can no longer play with them. They are not playful. They will eat you. They are unpredictable. By the way, I'm dying over here because I wish, don't we really need to put this podcast on video at some point? But your (laughs) facial expression is hilarious. (laughs) We will. We'll put it on video. Um, Have you watched Tiger King? (laughs) (laughs) who didn't during the pandemic it was like the hottest show or maybe that was just in florida (laughs) (laughs) but anyway um yeah Yeah, so you can like yeah you can like and appreciate an alligator or a tiger or a rattlesnake out in nature doing its thing far away from you but you're not going to try to pick that shit up and take it home that's not a smart idea that's really making me look at this whole thing very differently and I really like this and it's not like yeah there's no blame in this it's just that I don't feel safe whether she's safe or not right I don't feel safe in a relationship with her yeah 
And I just have to say, I just don't feel safe in a relationship. No one has to have blame for it. Like, right. it doesn't have to be like, well, Julie, you should accept her a little bit more because she's struggling with this. Oh, well, that, you know, or, or, oh, Jenny has a lot of trauma. She has gone through. So give her a chance, you know, or whatever. Right. And then there's a lot of blame and guilt and obligation in that, in those statements. Yeah. Um, but if I just go, I forgive her for what she's done because I'm not justifying that what happened was right, but I'm letting go of the pain so I could stop feeling it myself. Yes. Um, and I'm going to accept the fact that she is that rattlesnake to me. She yes. may not be a rattlesnake to other people. She might be a really soft little bunny to other people. But to me, she's that rattlesnake, you know, or she's that tiger over yes. the age of. And it's like, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, I remember being in a conversation with my sister one day. We were on the phone. And she was like, oh. Uh, I got to go because my friend who's in an abusive relationship is calling me. And I told her that anytime she called me day or night, I would answer the phone. So I got to go. I got to answer this. And I was like, oh, okay. And when we got off the phone, I was like, interesting that she's there for this person who's in a terrible abusive relationship. And yet I have this incredibly difficult relationship with her. And then I thought, you know what? Every person, no matter who they are, can bring good into this world. And somebody right. needs to be there for that person who's in the abusive relationship. Because guess what? That's not something I would offer that person. I would never tell somebody you can call me day or night. Because <laughs> hey, you cannot. So I will not answer. You're right. You're right. I. You know what? If that makes us selfish, fuck it. We are selfish. I can't do that. I'm not going to wake up at three in the morning to have a fucking 45-minute conversation because you're not leaving or whatever i've been in a music uh, relationship i know how it feels it's really shitty it does feel really good when you have a friend like that but i can't be your friend like that yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna be me so you know what hey that might be my sister's role in this life and she might be that person's hero yeah are you a little bit jealous that she said that about her friend one time that you were like damn you I don't did I ever come I don't come think up that I was jealous um I don't know that I've ever craved a super close relationship with her like that um oh, did. I don't think so because well when we were younger I did like when we were when we were in high school I thought she was the coolest thing ever and just yes. like so beautiful and so amazing and talented. And she really is talented and beautiful. She's she really is all of those things. Um, but I don't know, somewhere around college, she really started pissing me off. I finally like felt like I was done with her. And then she had to work really hard to get back in my good graces. <laughs> and she did. She never one thing about narcissistic people is they don't like to be abandoned and that was pretty evident in our relationship where she just she did not want to lose that altogether so she's she's put in a lot of work wow yeah that's great yeah what, what has she been doing maybe that's why you love her you know what i mean that's why you're like oh i i do have to be grateful because she doesn't know how to she's trying she is she trying better so she does try she doesn't try good enough for a lot of things but she <laughs> does try um and yeah I agree that is probably a, a piece of why I love her so much but she's also hilarious and she's also really smart and she's also she can be really fun she loves to we have a lot in common, I guess. Like we love to be outside and experience new things and taste new foods. So she can be a good time to hang out with for sure. You just oh. got to be careful about what kind of subjects you get on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> definitely we... don't talk about the past. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. If you want to have a bad day, go ahead, bring up the past. Let's go do it. Yeah, I I was telling, see, I told Julie earlier, 
I have the same conversations on repeat. That's just how my life is. And it's really interesting. And I definitely think it's a, it's meaningful in some way. But anyway, um, one of the things I was talking about this week was that four years ago, my sister and I got into a huge blowout fight, like probably the biggest fight we've ever had. And afterwards, we didn't talk for like two months. And oh, and the fight was because I told her my truth. I told her what I thought about something. And of course, that didn't go over well. And, you know, I wasn't the one who suffered because I don't live with her, but everybody in her house had to experience her wrath because of that. And fast forward two months later, we talk and she admits everything to me. She's like, yes, I'm abusive. Yes, I've done this. Yes, I've done that. And she goes down this line checklist. Yes, I've done all these terrible things. Then literally no joke, 10 minutes after she admits everything, she says to me, yeah, she says to me, I don't know where you get this idea of who I am. And my mind is blown. I'm like, we, we, 10, it was 10 minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, you just admitted everything. And now you don't know where this comes from. So then now fast forward four years, four years later, it was literally just a couple months ago. She brought up that fight again, and she has brought up that fight multiple times since it happened. And every time it's all about how badly I hurt her. And so this in that last, conversation, no, 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 this is like now fast forward four years. She's, she still brings it up and she brings it up all the time. And she brings it up as though I was the person who was so wrong in that argument. And I have just gotten exhausted of trying to have that conversation with her. So the last time she brought it up, I said, no more. We're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> Do not, let's just drop it. And you know what she said, which was hilarious? She said, well, I guess I'll just get over it in time. And in my head, I was like, it's been four years. How much more time do you need? Yeah, maybe he she needs uh, another four years. <laughs> that's what it seems like, right? So, um, but that's her. Like, that's how she is. She just brings stuff up like nothing ever gets resolved kind of but it's all about like whatever stands out to her it's not about like if you asked me what was the most important fight we've ever had you know it's it wouldn't be the same probably but what she remembers is what you get to hear about yeah but i think it it also stems from um she probably has uh she probably has in you know like a identity of who of what sister or family means to her and she probably has the expectation of you and that's why she remembers that versus if a person that wasn't that close to her had that conversation she would be like blah 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 okay bye 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 and probably not even remember that conversation right you are spot on absolutely i'm sure that she had expectations of me based on the fact that we're sisters and you know I'm sure at some point I felt the same. I know I have felt the same about my younger sister, which uh, we haven't really talked about, which is interesting that you and I have so many sisters. What's the, what's this about? I know. A lot of feminine energy around us. I, I, I do love we that. get along. Ah. Um, but yeah, I definitely have felt like my younger sister has disappointed me as far as what I think sisters should do. So I think there's definitely truth in in what you're saying there so knowing that logically knowing that how do what are the steps we could do to you know be i guess without moving across the country right uh yeah what are the steps that we could do to be at peace with ourselves because we can there's things that we could control and things we can't I can't control what my sister's going to do or her responses or anything that you can't control your sister or her responses. So what can we control? We only control our thoughts and feelings about it. So how do we start? Where do we start? Well, we can barely control those. (laughs) (laughs) We barely have control over that. 
but you know, I think first of all, protect yourself. That is always number one to me. And if, and you know, the ways that you need to protect yourself better than anybody else. So whatever feels comfortable or uncomfortable to you, it's important that you listen to that. So if you're, you know, if your family, let's say, asks you to do something and they say like, we want you and Jenny to do this. If that doesn't feel safe or comfortable to you, you're going to have to stand up for yourself and say, no, I don't, that's not, I'm not doing that. That's not going to happen that way. Um, and that's just an example, you know, I have no idea what might come up, but <clears throat> always listen to yourself and protect yourself. I think a lot of times another problem that we as, as humans have is that we don't listen to ourselves. We question ourselves instead, like, oh, am I overreacting? Am I being a bitch? Am I not forgiving? Maybe, you know, whatever kind of crap you're asking yourselves. Uh, but I do believe that our gut knows best. And so if your gut is like, eh, I'm not comfortable with this, listen to yourself. Okay, number two is what we were talking about earlier about letting go of what happened. And for me, one of the things that's really important with letting go of the past is understanding where it came from. And you already mentioned that, you know, Jenny has her own issues. She has her own stuff that she's gone through and that she had a hard time with and she had a different reaction to it than you did. And so does that make her bad or wrong or terrible? Maybe not, but it certainly has affected you that she has those issues. And so we can acknowledge that she behaved that way because she has her own sickness. It okay. wasn't personal against you. It wasn't because you did something. It was because she has her own stuff. And so we yeah, can not be- to get personal. Yeah. Yeah, we can be understanding of it and it's easier for us to let it go when we can be understanding of it. The place we have to be careful is how much do I let that person back in? And that's where you really have to listen to your gut. I know I want to be like, you know, there's times where I'm, oh my God, that was so sweet. I want her full all in, you know, because I'm like yeah. extreme like that, super extra. So I was like, let's, let's do it. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm like, no. I would never do that again. You know, so it's very extreme. Well, um, it also has to do with what you're seeing on her end. And we kind of talked about this uh, a little bit, but we didn't go into the fact that when we get a glimmer of hope, we often start to tell ourselves that our fantasy has finally happened and the person has finally changed. But really we need to see the change consistently over time before we can believe that there's a real change maybe it's because i really love that instant gratification the easy button you know like mm -hmm. oh my god okay we're done we're here you know i want right. to be i want to be there i want to be here i want to be you know what i mean i want to be at the destination like yeah. you know like nope not doing the journey today <laughs> you know yeah. Well, and I think it's like a dream, right? Like a, it's right. a part of our fantasy. Like, oh, it would be so great if whatever. Right. But one of, one of, I heard a psychiatrist speaking recently and he was saying the biggest problem that we have in life is not accepting what is. Oh. So I can hope for and dream for and fantasize about or wish for somebody to meet their full potential but that's not what is right now what is right now that's true you know what that's a really strong quote we actually could do a whole episode around that um because even when it comes to dating i remember there was um i don't know there was a seminar that I was in or something that and, and people you know had a question about a romantic relationship or something and they and she was like but she has but he has a lot of potential she said mm -hmm. they're like okay are you they but what is it right now what is it going on now and she went 
Well, now it's not so great, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good because he potentially could be better. Like, But he also potentially could not. You know what I mean? He could be exactly how he is now. So if I, you know, it goes back to that quote, just accept it now. And is that okay with you? How is it now? Yeah. the He used the example of like being stuck in traffic. And he's like, we get so mad and we're like, oh, I shouldn't be stuck in traffic right now. It shouldn't be like this. Whatever fantasy we have, the traffic should just part so that we can drive through. <laughs> Wait, why not? Like, I don't get it. Why doesn't it do that? He's like, but really, we need to accept what is. Okay, this is just what it is. There's traffic right now. There's nothing we can do. And then we save ourselves a lot of distress. So if I say in my specific situation, all right, well, Jenny's, you know, not going to respond to that text. I'm not going to let it get to me. And... That's it. It, it. What it is right now is that she doesn't want to do it for whatever reason she doesn't want to or can't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, She's not in the place. That's fine. For whatever yeah. reason, there could be tons of reasons. Maybe she thinks it'll be too painful. Maybe she thinks it's pointless. Maybe she's already forgotten the conversation that you had in Nashville. Because that does happen, by the way, especially with people who tend to be toxic where they just immediately forget (laughs) this wonderful conversation that you had um and so she's like why would we even do that i don't understand you know who knows who knows what's going on in her head yeah it could be anything it could be good bad whatever reasons and um her own reasons to justify not responding and Mm -hmm. and i actually i've been really busy today so i haven't really thought about it until we're, we're talking now um and yeah, I would want her to respond, but I, I guess if she doesn't, then she doesn't. And it doesn't, it's not, it's not any, you know, I don't feel like there's any sweat off my back. I would like to do it because I just don't want to feel like this anymore. So I guess I have to find my own closure, just like I've repeated several times. Like you just have to find your own closure, whether the person is alive or not. Yeah. Sometimes a person dies and you don't have that closure. So you have to find it within yourself. Yeah. I Maybe am- that's my journey. I, I think it probably is going to be the cool thing is the good news is whether she responds or not, you can stop feeling the way that you feel. Oh, yeah. That's the good news. You can change how you feel on your own, whether or not she responds. Um, if she responds and she wants to do it, beautiful, wonderful, maybe something great will happen. And if not, then that's okay. We still have the option of feeling better about the situation. Yeah. And I just heard from her friends, you know, like uh, have said to me that, oh, Jenny does really want a, a relationship with her sisters and 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 would want to continue therapy with me. And I have had, I've had said, oh yeah, I'm open to that. I just love therapy in general. So, and it would be cool to do it and that was my response but I wasn't going to initiate it this time because it wasn't at that time I didn't feel like it was necessary but now I feel like necessary because we had this conversation so that's why I wanted to initiate that and I would have paid for it um so it wasn't that so but anyways it's okay the ball's in her court and I'm okay with I'm okay with with not being in control Ooh, that's beautiful of her curve. Maybe that's what we need to do. We just need to why do people want control, right? They want to feel they want to know. They want to be in control. They wanna We want um, the world to revolve around us. I mean I do. I would love for traffic to part for me. I would love to be the front of the line all the time. I would like people to bow down and kiss my feet. No, I'm just kidding. No, you're not kidding. I would love for people to kiss my rings. No. <laughs> um, but I think that's all of us, right? Like, and this is something I explain to my clients, like your day-to-day is all about you. And we accidentally, automatically also expect everybody else to be all about us. And yep. we know, we know logically that that's not realistic, but 
unconsciously, it's still our expectation. Right. So, but we're also playing that whole, you know, cycle again. Like, why? Let go. We all know all these cliche uh, quotes, right? We all know what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to do, but we don't do it. What the hell? Yeah, well, it's easier said than done, of course. And again, we have this battle always with our automatic way of being and our conscious, logical mind. Because, for example, any anxiety, anxiety is usually irrational. So let's just say, for example, I'm afraid of driving. That's completely irrational. I'm probably going to get home just fine. It's unlikely that something is going to happen. But my anxiety would focus on the possibility that something would happen. And I can't let that go. And it doesn't matter how many statistics you throw at me, I'm still going to be afraid of that. So it's just irrational. And that is how our unconscious mind works. It does things automatically and irrationally. And we don't even have the conscious thought to process it most of the time. We're like, whoa, why am I feeling like this? Mm -hmm. I have no idea where this is coming from. <laughs> so how, I don't know, I guess, how do we stop that? Do we just, we just have to choose to create new ones or, right? It, it can be a conscious battle that you have with yourself where you consciously repeat the same message over and over again which is how I think forgiveness works by the way like no I decided to forgive this person I'm not forgiving them for me I'm for or I'm not forgiving them for them I'm not condoning their behavior I'm just and you know talk yourself through it anytime you feel like okay I don't really forgive this person um and it's a lot of conscious work and it's a lot of like repeating the story over and over again so that you can finally feel like, okay, now I feel like I've forgiven this person. Um, or you could just behaviorally make changes and hope that your emotions come in line with that, um, which is, you know, where some boundaries might come into play or whatever else. Um, like for example, with driving, if that were your fear, you would just drive anyway. Like, okay, I'm going to be scared, but I'm going to drive anyway. Um, or something that you brought up right now about forgiveness. I always thought it was going to be like zero to a hundred when it comes to forgiveness. Like, oh, I forgave them. So it's not like, oh, I'm a little bit pregnant or not. You forgive it or you don't, you're done. Right. But I don't think the way, the way you said it right now is like, maybe I don't have to, you know, like when you're scared of driving, you could just sit in the car first, right? The first day you sit in the car for an hour. Get That's out true. of the car. Then the next day, sit in the car, turn on the engine, but don't put it, just leave it in park, just have your engine on. Then mm -hmm. the next day, you know, and then you start, just drive around the block and then you park. That's it. Or mm -hmm. move three inches ahead, three, three inches back, whatever. I just move it. Uh, then you're, you're, you're taking those steps to, to, to drive. So you could at least, you know, versus I have to drive no matter what. Yeah. I have to do it. I'm going to go and I'm going to drive, you know, I'm going to drive from LA to New York. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't have to do that. So knowing that they're they take the pressure off of me, uh, maybe other listeners as well, and saying if you forgive it, maybe it's not one full swoop. Maybe you could say, you know, I I forgive this part of it, yeah, and that's okay. And then I and then I'm gonna forgive this and forgive this, and know that it doesn't condone the actions or the trauma that was, uh, you know, that was uh, put upon you, but just know that you're doing it to make yourself feel better. Yes, it's all for you. Because the, the other thing is, does it really bother them if you're holding on to things? Usually not. Usually they're still living their life, doing their dirt, whatever that might be. They're not sitting around like, oh gosh, I think Julie's mad at me. <laughs> no. No. Right. They don't care. And if they do care, they're not going to let you know. So why are you letting your, you're the only one suffering in this scenario. Um, shoot, I forgot where we were before that. Oh, oh, you were talking about exposure, like, oh, the behavior of doing it anyway. And then the other, uh, technique that you can use is, um, meditation and hypnosis and affirmations. 
And uh, those things actually access the unconscious mind faster. So they work, they work as well. And I know everybody has a resistance to those things, it seems like, but if you give them a whirl, all you need to do is like 10 minutes. And I would do hypnosis. If I have a, if I had a hypnosis around the corner for me, I would do more often. Just You don't uh, where need do you... it. You don't need it. You can YouTube it. YouTube hypnosis? Oh, really? Is it just like a, it's like a guided meditation? Basically, I'll send you some today, but there's hypnosis on forgiveness, worthiness, wealth um health uh confidence i mean i've done all the the hypnosis so oh i like it i do not i want to do it by the next podcast i'm gonna do one by the next podcast i that that sounds really interesting and fun maybe we could talk about that in the next one i would love to yeah that'd be great uh when i was trained in hypnosis they told us don't do hypnosis with a patient unless they're willing to do it on their own as well so I've actually never used it in my practice because I can't even get people to meditate, much less do hypnosis. But uh, I do tell people to go on YouTube and try it. And, and again, sometimes, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's interesting, though, because, you know, that what I was talking about, this battle with the unconscious and our automatic way of being. When people are trying a new skill, they forget that it works. So people will come in and tell me like, oh, yeah, I forgot that meditation used to help me fall asleep or, oh, yeah, I forgot that that helped. And so I don't I don't necessarily understand this battle that we have with ourselves. But when we're introducing a new skill, our, it's very easy for us to forget that we have a new skill. And I think about that even with my parenting. I've been in therapy for Liliana since she was two. And I've been learning the same shit over and over again. And it's finally starting to click for me. And I see with Sebastian, like, it hasn't fully clicked with him yet. Like, he knows that it works and he knows it's helpful, but he still forgets. And he goes back to his original way of being. And I'm not saying that I don't either, because we all have moments. But um, I think I'm finally starting to get better. And she's seven now. So, I mean, how many years has it taken me to find ah. like, oh, maybe I can do something different. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm slow or if that's everybody's plight. No, I think, I think we're just, we're all different speeds of learning, you know? So, yeah, I get it. So, these things, they do work, but they take time. That's the thing. People want that instant gratification. They want to lose the 50 pounds now, you know, today. They want to get over this today. They want to forgive and forget today. Just like me. Yeah. I'm like, why am I still bothered about this? Yeah, so. why can't I just be perfect? I don't know. Easy peasy. Uh, to, to wrap up the whole family thing, I do want to emphasize that at least in my world, nobody has the ideal family. When I think about my friends, when I think about my family, when I think about the clients that I see, obviously I have a little bit of a biased perspective, but I don't know that there's, that anybody has this ideal family that we all fantasize about. And so part of our mission is just to accept what is we can do our best to be our best version of ourselves and we gotta let the rest go we also can build our own family you could choose like alicia you're you know i feel like we've gotten so close that you know you're family to me and there's so many people that because we can't choose who, you know, our sisters are going to be, our brother's going to be, our parents are going to be. You can't choose those things. You can choose your support group. You could choose the people that you can lean on. So why not you choose your family and see it like that? And yeah. then you feel like you have a loss or you don't have to identify yourself with, why isn't my family working? But yeah. when you choose it and you surround yourself with these loving people, and it could happen to be your blood sisters or whatnot, right? Biological mm -hmm. sisters. And yeah, a couple of our and it's great. 
so now you just have a, a life full of support and happiness and and you know and then all those all those more toxic relationships could be at arm's reach yes and i am a firm believer that you can choose your own family that's one thing i really like about the gay community i feel like a lot of the gay community really just accepts each other as family because a lot of times unfortunately their bio families aren't as accepting and 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 welcoming so they do that for each other and that's a beautiful thing about the the community uh, but we could do that ourselves as well and and build a network of people around us that are the kind of supports that we want yeah and i remember even seeing on your fireplace i was like oh is this your sister do you remember uh, and you yeah. went Oh no, that's my friend, but we're, you know, she's, she's like my sister. So we just, we automatically do it anyway. Yeah. And she and I fight like sisters too. It's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) But we always get through it because we have a a special relationship. But also, you know what, you could also say that's not really fair because family were with each other all the time throughout all this so there's years and decades of resentment that you built versus like a um you know relatively new friend or whatever right because at your friend you cho- you choose to show a certain side of you yeah versus your family you, you guys gone through all that that's true you're right you're right it is different a different dynamic a different history which right. is nice Sometimes I think about the fact that like the more you get to know somebody, the more you get to see their flaws. And so sometimes I'm like, it'll be nice to just like have surface relationships. <laughs> let's, not, let's not get too deep. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be best friends with everybody. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, there is this uh, one, I forgot it's motivational speaker. I, I forgot who it was. But she did say something like, uh, she treated everybody like plants, right? She said, there's some certain flowers that are that are in your life for a very short period of time. You know, mm-hmm. like for a season and then they die off. And some people, some plants are, you know, there for decades and they stick around through the fires, through the everything, you know, they stick around forever. So, so just accept that some plants will die off and some plants will stay around. And sometimes those, the ones that stay around are, are harder and harder and whatnot, but they stick around, you know? So it's just going back to your thing. It's just accepting what is. Yes. It's the circle of life. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I knew something today. We were missing Alicia singing. <laughs> You sang earlier, I was going to let you have the spotlight, but then I couldn't do it. (laughs) All right, is there any final words, Julie, that you want to leave our folks with? No, I don't know. Join us next time, then. (laughs) For more talk on whatever we feel like talking about. (laughs) See you then. Uh